Welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, and this episode is sponsored by Podcorn. But why the podcast? And today we're gonna rip and tear through Doom. As always, I'm your host Kate. I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And Matt is gonna be taking us into hell and slaying slaying some demons and doing some things. I didn't know we were going to hell on this episode. Okay. Well, technically. <laughs> so yes, uh, I get to lead us through Doom. It feels weird because I feel like I haven't led an episode in a while, despite everything. I don't think you have. It's been weird. Obviously, I have all my stuff coming, so don't worry. Or maybe we should be worried. Yeah. I don't know if well, I... He's had these notes done for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> he's been ready. And I got to remember what we did. Um, so I guess our introduction question, as we always do, I'm going to put like, I, guess, I put, have you played Doom? And I guess the better question is, have you played anything recently? Uh, I haven't played anything recently. I mean, Doom was one of like, the first games that we had like on our old school, like, windows 95 like pc um and like that and, like duke nukem but i haven't played a doom in like forever i know i thought not the one that's doom eternal but the one before that was supposed to be amazing but i don't know yeah no i haven't played anything recent but i'll probably play doom eternal because it looks super cool but it's been a while um i've like fiddle farted around in doom 2016 i haven't played the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> just kind of messed with it um but i did get to play doom eternals demo at QuakeCon or what was like renamed to DoomCon, um and i'm really excited for it uh so i guess that's my most recent doom but i grew up my cousin really loved duke nukem and doom so those were kind of like my like some of my early games um that i would watch him play and then eventually I would be able to play myself. And I, the one thing I do know is I was working at GameStop when Duke Nukem Forever came out, which was their revival. And it was awful. And people hated it. And the, the day after, this is when GameStop still had the, the game return policy of seven days. We had about like six different people come in after picking it up at midnight saying, I don't like this. This is trash. Please give me my money back. Um... Yeah, so I've learned that Doom has relaunched to love, and Duke Nukem is should not have relaunched. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, like Adrian, I played some of the earlier ones for sure back in like you know PC days of the '90s, which is going to be like this whole episode is going to feel like a giant nostalgia trip for a while. There, um, I played uh, obviously uh, like Kate. I've fiddled around and played Doom twenty sixteen, but obviously. It's never had time and did everything. It's been a long, like, two to four years at this point. Everything just blends together. It sucks because there, it is on my backlog to play. It's just never going to get there. 
Yeah. Um, I know they released all the re-releases and they've been porting everything over again, which we'll talk about. I can't go back. Because Doom sixty four just came out, right? Or something came out like that. again? Yeah, I've tried playing them and I just can't do it again. <laughs> it was cool when I was a kid. Not not so much anymore. Um, but but as far as I have played Doom Eternal, the uh, the demos and everything about two or three times. Um, between QuakeCon, it is still called QuakeCon, it, it was just DoomCon for getting ready for Doom Eternal, don't fret, I learned that that was a, that made a lot of people upset, apparently, that they called it DoomCon for one year, um, <coughs> um, but no, and then obviously PAX West, I played again, and then kind of, as we've gone, I think the bait at this point just didn't be so good, and whatnot else, and obviously we're doing this episode in, kind of in preparation, because I believe the release of Doom Eternal will be, I think, two days after... The release of this episode. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, I guess we'll get into the background. As usual, the franchise began back in 1993. So, it is almost Kate and Adrian years old. <laughs> it's right in between. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is me. This is me years old, depending on what month it came out. <laughs> um, it, it was created by John Carmack, John Romero, Adrian Carmack, and Kevin Cloud, and then basically Tom Hall and then all these people kind of went on to create id software. Yeah. Um, and so this was kind of like one of their first games they did. Um, over the years, they've had a few developers and publishers though, cause it's been obviously since 1993, it was obviously originally published by GT interactive software. And then Activision published a few games, obviously Zenimax purchased id software in 2009. So they're kind of like the parent of all this, and then Bethesda Software now publishes them. Um, yeah, they've gone through a, a lot of different <laughs> people at one time, uh, per- publishing all of these various games, whatnot, which we'll get into. Um, the game started on PC, and will always be renowned for being on PC, but obviously, as we've kind of mentioned, they've been porting everything over throughout the different uh, console generations. So... Um, but it'll always be renowned for PC, and as we said, like, I think, like, all of them, I think, with Doom Eternal release, and I know they were giving away, like, Doom, like, from, like, 2000 or something like that as well, and everything in there. Um, for those of you that have never played Doom or ever heard of Doom or anything, I guess a little quick synopsis, you play as, I'm gonna do bunny quotes for all these because it's had a bunch of various names, Doom Marine, Doom Guy, Slayer... The Slayer is my first is my favorite one because then I think that maybe it's just Buffy under there, and she's fighting <laughs> demons, but in Doom. So, yes. yeah, like I said it's obviously changed over the years. I think Slayer is now the more common term, but it definitely for a while was just Doom guy or Doom well, Doom guy. Yeah. I think Doom guy and Slayer are the ones I hear most often. Yeah. I don't really hear Doom Marine that I think much. Doom Marine was like the very, very start, and then the yeah. people are like, this kind of sucks. Because I just know Doom. all the little <laughs> the little uh, bobbleheads they sell of Doom Guy say Doom Guy. Yeah. Mainly like, been... for the cool like community, it's, we're the Slayers Club. Because a yes. Doom Guy Club has a very different feel than Slayers Club. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Doom Guy, the majority one, and obviously Slayer has been more the recent one. Obviously, depending on, as we'll get into different games and reboots and everything else, kind of the synopsis. You play as an incarcerated, you, you, who, ah, Doom Guy, yeah. You play as Doom Guy who's been incarcerated on Mars to battle the forces of hell, which consists of various demons and undead who have invaded Earth and killed billions. And obviously, there's 
different variations of all this, depending on which years you were playing <laughs> and which Dooms you've been playing. Um, the funny thing, when I was doing all this research for all the games, because I knew there was a lot of them, essentially Doom pops up every 10 years or so for a reboot to remind people we're still here. <laughs> or to keep licensing rights? I don't even know if that's Ooh, quite right, to be honest. Okay, because I would be interested to know how it works. So I'm assuming it's different than movies, because as yes. properties, movies can like shuffle between different people because it's not really like developer dependent. Mm -hmm. But and so I know when a movie comes back, in, like Robin Hood, when that got, that gets rebooted, that's so they can keep the rights to the thing. Or like the Jurassic World stuff that came back because Universal wanted to keep the rights. Um, so, I, but I don't know. Like, do developers and publishers? Oh, I guess developers owned the rights for that? I never saw anything about licensing. It just kind of okay. happened the way it happened. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, like I said, it definitely wasn't something that you can, like, like we talk about with movies. One of the first things you pop up with reboots is, what is the license nearly up? Yeah. And that definitely didn't come. Obviously, digital rights in general are just freaking weird and hard to understand. And it's so, especially when you start jumping from, like, movies or to games or to music, like, you know... Right now we have the NVIDIA stuff where, you know, I can go to iTunes and buy music and then put on a CD player and nobody cares. But, you know, doing yeah. that with a game is frowned upon in ways because it's like, I don't know, it's it's weird. I don't understand all of it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I'm not a digital rights lawyer or whatever they use. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt can give you science information, not a law information. I mean, I can do a lot of uh, HR law information. But that's for a oh different reason. <laughs> um, but no, there are basically 13 games in total, um, with including Doom Eternal, which will be releasing on March 20th, with the massive crossover of Animal Crossing. Um, and it consists of, like, essentially, as I said, 13, kind of, they have, like, nine, like, main games with three mobile games and a VR game. Um, obviously, this is, these some of these games are just giant expansions and depends on what accounts for everything but i kind of go over kind of some a list of some of the games um there are no ratings for a lot of these as these are older than metacritic <laughs> and also as we kind of get um into the 2000s a lot of these are just ports and re-releases and so it's kind of unfair to say well this doom sucked but because it came out yeah. on the wii or something <laughs> which is a giant thing so obviously we have Doom in 1993, we got Doom 2, Hell on Earth, 1994, Final Doom, 1996, and then Doom 64, and then 1997. And then it kind of goes, because obviously they had the nice little stretch, and then we kind of don't get anything for another seven years, because it pops up almost ten years, a little over ten years later, for Doom 3 in 2004, which is a complete reboot <laughs> of everything. And then we get Doom 3 Resurrection, 2005... Um, here's where we get in the weird ones, because they technically have, like, Doom RPG, which is a mobile game, like, Doom Resurrection, which is a mobile game, and then Doom 2 RPG is also a mobile game. Um, and then we get, like, uh, Doom 3, um, the BF BFG edition, re-release of Doom 3, and then you have, like, Doom 2016, which is a, basically another reboot, because we kind of didn't do much. Because all that stuff kind of took place in, like, 2005, 2006 area, and then we wait again for another almost 10 years, about 12 years, for Doom 2016. Um, this one has an 87 on Metacritic, because it's now 2016, and it's another reboot. And then apparently they released Doom 
VFR, which 2017, which is literally the VR version of Doom 2016. And then I did, and then in 2020, we're getting Doom Eternal, which has already been delayed once because it was supposed to release in 2019, and now we're set to release in March of 2020. So, like, like three of these are actual games. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of them are just the reboot of the reboot. I think some a of special the, edition version of the reboot. I think some of the first ones are kind of like Doom 2 and Final Doom and 64 kind of games. Even though there's kind of, I don't know. This weird 2000s area, we got reboot. Yeah. Resurrection of reboot. Yeah. It's... RPG mobile game. Yeah, it's... Another mobile it's game. It's really weird, and I'm trying to, like, find... It was also different because, like, some of the 90s stuff, as much as it is a new game, people forget that PC games in the early days were a lot of just, like, we can just make an expansion, and it was actually just a new game that we called an expansion. Back oh, when expansions fair. were cool. Well, the other thing, too, is, like, in the early 2000s, so, like, between 2001 and 2007, Resident Evil has, like, some of its worst years as a game because it's just nothing but re-releases and, like, uh, title, uh, Resident Evil title point two, Resident Evil title point one three. Like, it's, <laughs> I feel like this is a trend with a lot of games where, like, you get, like, maybe three actual new games and the other ones, like, could have just been expansions yeah. or well, could believe... have like, or were just re-releases onto a new platform. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure Doom I... 1 and Doom 2 are definitely two different games. They're continuation. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just yeah. do wonder how many games, especially that started in the 90s, end up going that route when they like make a franchise. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also like we're just learning stuff. Um Oh, so we've been on, like, Street Fighter Five for, like, a lot of time now, but we're getting another Street Fighter Five. So the, the real question is, Street Fighter's been around since probably not quite as long as Doom, but probably pretty close. Why have we only done five? We release this, I mean, man. We really mean. Do you want, do you want, do, or you want Street Fighter point five 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 eight seven four? I think that's what we've already got. They just put a fancier <laughs> title. Street Fighter Five <laughs> Champions Edition. I mean, isn't that the same thing? <laughs> no, um, Matt, one's a champion, one's a decibel point. Yeah, my bad. Um, but no, um, like all these other things, obviously we have plenty of other media involved. Um, there was a board game that came out in 2004 called Doom, the board game. So I will say this, as Adrian has taken musicals, I've become fascinated in these board games because the titles are basically X, the board game. And that's I... all they are. I am very interested to know what that board game is, though. Like, what are the rules of it? Like, because I know we did RPG didn't get... or I don't know. I didn't. I'm not playing some 2004 board game. Adrian, <laughs> get on it. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, don't think that's going to be very fun because I don't even know what you would do in a Doom board game Just... based on a video game that's you shooting monsters in the face it's like paper football you shoot like the, shoot the aliens <laughs> as you go but no because we that'd be kind of cool actually i'd like that <laughs> gotta aim but no because we had like gears of war the board game i'm pretty sure there was halo the board game <laughs> and then there's basically doom the board game um there is a one-shot comic by marvel comics that came out in 1996 that was done at a convention as a giveaway <laughs> oh wow so i will say I, right now, want to speak this into the universe. I want Boom Studios to get the rights to the Doom 
the Doom series in comic form. And then I want them to do a crossover with their Buffyverse. And then I can get, like, the words from, like, once in a generation, the Slayer is born. But instead of Buffy, it's Doom Guy rising up. And then Doom Guy takes off his helmet and reveals Isabel. Because this is really an Animal Crossing and Buffy and Doom oh my crossover. God. Wow. But also get me one. out. Get me out. <laughs> now you know how we feel when you talk about Fast and the Furious and Transformers, Adrian. Yeah, but it all works. Cause it, <laughs> that works. All right. That all works. So does mine. <laughs> so I think the fun fact about this comic, I think nobody gave a shit about it for like 10 years until they're like, oh, wow, this happened. <laughs> they forgot it Sounds existed. about right. Yeah. Um, there are two movies. Um, apparently only two, despite all of the years. They're Doom 2005 with a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 34 off audience score. It's above Starring- the 15% rule. Starring The Rock in this movie is also awful. It's fun! I liked it. I had fun. Adrian? I really enjoy this movie. Especially because this is the first time you get that first camera action, or that first person shooter like camera shot, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I really like that scene. And I just like when The Rock wraps the pipe around his hand. (laughs) I just think it's super cool looking. (laughs) Also, it's good. The it's Rock good, man. looks so young. I just pu- I just pulled up pictures. I'm like, oh, now that The Rock is like aged, but like he just looks very young here. I mean, that movie not is 15 as years jacked. old. Yeah, movie is 15 but like old. he doesn't have anything to do now but just work out. He's got yeah. all his money. He just sits around and works out all day. Doom Rock is not as jacked as Rock Rock. Yeah, Doom Rock, Rock is like coming off is coming off of like his WWE career Rock. So he's not quite like Matt said, working out at four, 4 a.m. every single day just because he can. Uh, <laughs> but also, Carl Urban's not bad in this movie. He does stuff. Carl Urban's fun in this movie. I also yeah. just like Carl Urban. Me too. Awesome. Then that's a- good, Matt. You just need to admit that it's good. No, I will not. And you can admit that it's trash, but that it's fun trash. It's trash that you like to play in every now and again. No, there's there's but don't worry. Pseudoscience stuff going on. They did they did the the Master Pancake Theater at QuakeCon last year, where they played it in the middle of like the uh, I think it was like the land area or something, and so they put Doom on the screen, and then they just let the entire audience just roast it the entire time. And I'm like, yo, Bethesda, that's actually kind of funny. But it doesn't matter, because apparently in 2019, another movie released called Doom Annihilation. And apparently this movie has uh... a 60% of Rotten Tomatoes and a 16% audience score, and I attempted to watch this movie. A 60%? Like, critics gave this a 60%? I will get into it, because I've read a letter a little bit, because I knew this episode was coming in, just everything. Um, I attempted to watch this movie. It's kind of... The problem with this movie is, um, mainly, um, the Doom Slayer does not exist, or Doom Guy does not exist in this movie. <laughs> so, essentially, they made... <laughs> the, the first line of the trailer is, Doom Slayer's Wanted. Yeah. Um, so they revolve this movie around a bunch of unknown people and kind of they're a bunch of Marines and that's about it. And they do a bunch of Easter eggs. 
They have a BFG. I'm looking at it. Oh, yeah. They throw in a bunch of Easter eggs and, like, cool little stuff, but there's no Doom guy. Apparently, the movie, if you take away Doom, is not the worst thing in the world, but the problem is everybody wanted Doom guy. Instead, they gave us some random chick lead that I have no idea. And yeah. she wasn't bad, because like I said, I tried watching it, and it wasn't bad, but after, like I said, after about, like, 45 minutes in, you're just kind of like, but where's Doom guy? The only also, chick I want as Doom guy is Buffy. So it was just really weird. Like I said, it wasn't horrible, but it is one of those, if you do follow Doom and everything, like I said, as the movie progresses and you keep thinking it's going to happen, and then you realize, is he not in the movie? Like I said, I did end up reading on about this because I was like, what the hell? And apparently that was one of the largest complaints and why the audience hated this movie for the most part. Obviously, they don't know. I mean, id Software kind of just gave them the license, and they said we did not yeah. do anything on this movie. Um, but, Yeah. It sounds a lot like Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Like, Final Fantasy Spirits Within is a good movie, but it's not Final Fantasy. Yeah. And a lot of people were very confused after they watched it. Yes, so I was getting very confused when I attempted to do this, and I didn't make it all the way through. If you watched and liked it, sure. But also there's, like... No Doom. Apparently it was reported by the director that the Doom guy is kind of a very side character. That if you pay close, close attention, you might realize who it is. Oh my god, I don't like that. I don't like, like that at all. Have you Just never, say you didn't do it. But I'm also like, have you ever seen Doom? Doom is literally focused around Doom guy, and it has, and that's the way they did it. And that's the way they created the game, which we've heard the people who said all that. <laughs> They're focused, which I'll get into later. Um, but anyway, so getting more stuff. There are two book series... Or, excuse me, they're books, two series of uh, novels based on the games, one in 1995-96, and then one from 2008-2009. They're basically, they start with a, kind of to do the, to do the reboot type stuff. Um, the first series is four books written by... I can't I, even say that. Hugh is I know there's the last name of Somebody, Mr. Hugh and Brad, Mr. Lineweaver. Lena Weaver, Weaver. There you go. Anyways, um, basically these follow the kind of the books and stuff, but basically there are four books. Um, Knee Deep in the Dead, Hell on Earth, Infernal Sky, and Endgame. Knee uh, Deep in the Dead is like a good name <laughs> of like a, a bad zombie movie that I think I would definitely watch. And then obviously you have the second series, which is a reboot, is two books written by Matthew Costello. And that's World's on Fire and Maelstrom. I want Never. a movie called Knee Deep in the Dead now. That makes me uncomfortable for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that title makes me uncomfortable. We're going Knee Deep in the Dead to this ad for popcorn. So how long have we been trying to monetize our podcast? Um, I don't know. How long have we been around? So for three years. But the cool thing is, is now we've done it with Podcorn, as you heard on the top of the show, um, which Matt found on a community Facebook page. Yeah, I was digging around on our community Facebook page and saw that Podcorn's been apparently a hot thing these days. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads, such as this one, uh, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Uh, just basically jack of all trades. The best thing about Podcorn is that there's no middleman. And honestly, one of the hardest things that we've experienced as a show is, although we're not super small, 
We're not Shea Serrano and the Ringer, and we're also not Conan O'Brien. So it's been really hard to kind of get our show out there to get monetized and to get sponsored. But the cool thing is podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on Podcorn's platform. They can also set their own rates and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. Unlike the other places where we just kind of place things and wait for hopefully somebody reaches out. But with Podcorn, we can just reach out directly. So wait, after three years, it's that easy? We spent all this time. And it's been that easy. Yeah, we went in and wrote a pitch, and I even got the chance to add a voice recording so they could get to know us, get to know how I talk, and kind of hear us out. Yeah, what I like is that you never give up any of the right to your podcast, and Podcorn's here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The cool thing is that the Marketplace's mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control over how and when they choose to monetize. Um, so if you're working on moving your podcast game up, make sure you head to podcorn.com and make your account today and get started. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing all of your sponsorship opportunities. All right, so let's get into these but why those as usual. And since this was a mad episode, that means the first one means successful franchise because that's all that matters <laughs> to do all of these things. Because green rules the world. Um, as a franchise that's been around for 25 plus years and still going, they're still making games. They've sold over 10 million units. Um, here's a fun part when I was trying to do this, which one is always a fun part with any video game and trying to figure out how many copies of any game has ever sold. And what you realize is when you go back farther and farther, it gets harder and harder. Um, to find the hard, they, it was, I don't even know what the exact number, that's just kind of like what they have for the count. Um, not only including the fact that, like, it's a PC game, and anybody that's yeah. ever owned a PC knows you can, especially back in the day, you could make a lot of free PC games. Um, they also, they were part of one of the first companies, I believe, that was, um, part of Shareware, and it's an estimated over 15 plus million copies sold from just Shareware alone, or not sold, but within the Shareware alone. Yeah. And then Shareware was basically where they kind of gave you, like, a preview kind of like almost ea early access thing where they gave you like a good portion of the game to play for free to kind of like test it out in hopes that you would then buy the game or then buy the franchise and it was yeah. kind of very popular in the 90s with a lot of pc games and so you know when you could get 70 percent of the game for free why would you want to buy the additional 30 percent of the game adrian did you ever do any pc games type stuff with shareware other games uh i did not do stuff with shareware um my uncle may or may not have been one of those people who, <laughs> uh, once he got the games it meant that i got the games for whatever reason yes. uh, i'm not saying how but for some reason i had these games too but i think you're right with like the unit thing even when i was looking at the half-life episode which comes out you know a little bit after doom even that trying to find numbers for half-life they had like numbers from like 2008 yeah <laughs> and that was it yeah. Uh, so it's hard to find those numbers. So 10 million units is pretty good, especially for, yeah. I said, that's just 10 million what they've counted. They've been estimated to easily another plus 15 million, if not more. And then obviously for a every Adrian's uncle, there's an Adrian that's not <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, right? So prob probably double or triple it, probably. Uh, yeah. Um, obviously it was critically acclaimed, especially the first Doom in 1993. Um, the Doom games have won multiple Game of Year awards. It was nominated for Game of the Year as recently as Doom 2016. So that's how good that game was. Um, 
It's won multiple other awards throughout the years. Um, Doom Doom 1993, it's on so many lists for best game of all time, most influential game of all time, imitated game of all time, most innovative game of all time. Basically, if there's an all-time list of any type of thing, Doom will most likely be on there. Yeah. Um, So I guess kind of going from there into kind of like this gameplay, since we did say it was such a great game and like why it was such a great game. Um, The gameplay, starting with like Doom 1993, because we're kind of like, that's kind of like the starting launching point of this. We have the first person shooter. Before there was a such thing as first person shooters. Um, Doom is considered basically one of the pioneers of 3D shooters, more specifically first person shooter. But the funny thing is Doom is, isn't the first. That title technically belongs to another id software game or franchise called Wolfenstein 3D, which came out in 1992, one year before. And the funny thing about Wolfenstein 3D is they made that game and then made a prequel, like, I think it's 1993 after that, and then they don't touch that franchise for 20 years. And so people forget that that thing exists sometimes. But now they make one every year, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So I do think that it's one of those, at least, like, one of the things that I realized as we go through and cover all these topics is that sometimes you don't have to be the first, you just have to be the best well, the thing is, I don't even know if it was technically, like, the best, but it was definitely, like, they made some improvements. They don't call things Wolfenstein clones. Yeah, because Wolfenstein went and then didn't do anything for 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. You get a thing named after you. Well, I mean, it's, it it's a different. Like, do you, do you want to shoot giant demons or you want to shoot a bunch of nazis is basically like yeah pretty much what what is what is more fun <laughs> uh, a bfg or like a little pistol <laughs> <laughs> um which kind of as you said kate said the best thing of like they have the doom engine which we've kind of i think we talked about in the half-life uh no we talked about the quake engine which we'll get to there but obviously we have a doom engine before then we get a quake engine before we get a half-life who took all of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Again, you don't have to be the first <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the Doom engine basically, like, as we talked about, it was innovative and revolutionary. It basically took a 3D space and projected it onto a 2D floor plan. And then it was basically a leap ahead of the 3D Wolfenstein 3D engine. So therefore, Kate, there you go. It was definitely better. But they were still, like, creating all this stuff, which is, it was fascinating doing all this research and stuff. Because this is, like, early 90s. Like, essentially, this is its software. Like, they're like, we're going to make a company. And you know what? Their first two games are basically renowned in history of like gaming for how well not just like how good they are but just for the technology of loan of what they did um so as far as the doom engine with the 3d space projected on 2d plan obviously we talk about how you've for anybody that's obviously played doom you kind of move around these rooms and everything else and stuff floating but if you notice everything outside of you is technically 2d yeah that was one of like the uh and i don't even know if i noticed it when i played and watch the game get played when I was younger. But now when I uh, when I see it played, that's the first thing. And not now, but like probably like maybe 10 years ago or whatever. That was when I first realized that you are 3D and your space is 3D, but everything else is 2D. But it's still 3D. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting. It's a very unique perspective at like from a player's pers- from a player's point of view um and is also at least in my opinion dealing with two types of dimension in one game 
I think is also what helps it stand out from other things. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How much of that is like designer choice and the other part of it just being like, it's 1993. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that is fair, because the first Tomb Raider comes out around that time. It's also 3D with 2D. Yeah. Doom Ninja can only handle so much. These had computers that were size of the rooms. <laughs> um, which I don't know if anybody's yeah, ever made any wallpaper like that, where they've just like wallpapered an entire library in their room, but it's just 2D art. Like, I mean, that would be excited. jarring. I don't know if I could do that, to be honest. That would trip me out. I would lose my mind, yeah. I just want my room I... to look like Lara Croft's mansion. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're just going to walk into walls the whole time. <laughs> I... You're going to get thrown in a refrigerator, Matt. <laughs> is, is what I'm hearing here. Um, kind of going in there, obviously what made uh, Doom popular too was the multiplayer, because obviously it started out as normal deathmatch. And guess what we had back then? People don't realize you could play PC via network with these giant cords. <laughs> and so apparently everybody uh, played. Deathmatch became a very popular thing um, and whatnot else. Yeah. Um, obviously, they had co-op mode, which is where you played against, with each other against monsters. And that's what we've kind of gotten throughout the years. Because as much as it is renowned for like single player and everything else and people playing the story, whatever else, there's a lot of PvP and co-op and stuff over the years in these games. Yeah. Which kind of leads to like the Doom Eternal, where they basically introduce battle mode, which is going to be the Doom one. Which I guess I'll let Kate talk about it, since you wrote about it when we were at QuakeCon when they announced it. I'm so it. excited for it, <laughs> um, but I'm so excited for it because I like asymmetrical shooters. Like, there's just something fun about playing, like playing against other people, have and having to either learn from them or work with them. But this, uh, so usually asymmetrical shooters work in the sense that you have like a team of people who are like good guys and you have like the one bad guy who is trying to kill them um battle mode essentially inverts that where you get to play as different uh different demons while doom guy goes around and you have to essentially kill doom guy um it's really really fun because like you get the cooperative play but then you also like get to kind of get uh, I think the way that they they described it was like an extension of the single player experience, not like a pure just like co-op separate, which I thought was really interesting. And then I think where is it? I, I think the main thing you had with that with that single player thing was basically if you are a demon, I believe you could spawn other demons. Is that correct? With the other mm -hmm. demons interacting within the space, so it's not just you in the two other people or whatever. It's you versus yes, like other and you're NPCs. like essentially controlling like hordes. Yeah, um, which I think is really it's gonna be really really fun. I think that like like what started in the like Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that area, like I think we're gonna see a real big rise in asymmetrical shooters doing different things. Um, we're having it with the uh, with the Re Resident Evil Three remake and their uh, their asymmetrical mode. And then I think uh, battle mode is going to be extremely fun because you'll have to learn how each demon operates so that way you know how you can take down the doom guy as well as what you can control. But as the doom guy, you have like, I just like mechanics that means you have to choose how you fight something versus going at it all with one thing. And uh, each demon has its own weaknesses. So when you're playing Doom Guy, you have to adapt to the different situations that you're being thrown into. And currently, I think there are five demons that will be able to spawn in 
um, that you can choose to be, but it's 2v1, I think. So it's yeah. it's a smaller, more contained, um, but I'm excited. But I also just really like co-op things, obviously, because me and Matt play things, so. Um, I will say the funny thing is you left out, I believe, Evolve, if you're going to bring up Friday 13 Evolve, back in the very, very first. Oh, yeah, Evolve, asymmetri- I forgot about that. <laughs> Asymmetrical game uh, for the Xbox One. And it was sadly probably before it its time. Good. Oh, it was not good. And also, I think it, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the first, at least like big releases that I could think of that had that type of play. Maybe. It was. Now that it's very common, I don't think it definitely wasn't it, back then. It was supposed to be, it was, it was supposed to be really fun. I remember when it released, the guy I was dating at the time was really excited for it. And we, and we ended up picking it up and it was, it was fun to play initially um, because you had all those different mechanics with the uh, with the alien that you were, but it was just too complicated and buggy, and it just never worked. And then the the other problem that Evolve had was that there just wasn't a big enough network that was playing the game, so that greatly hindered your experience playing the game. Yeah, because so. I think if I remember, like it was always fun at the initial part, but then once you figured yes. out the mechanics, you just all died immediately. Yep. Didn't have so, sustainability. Um, but now we have, so we have these modes coming in as additional ones, and then you have, um, like, the Predator, the new Predator uh, predator Hunting Grounds, yep. which is just asymmetrical, and that one uses uh, PvP and PvE as well. So that's going to be, it's going to be really cool. I don't know. I really like the genre, and it's something that I really want to see expand more. And especially because as a horror fan and as somebody who likes all those like slasher type things, I think that it just, there's so many things that you can take out license and go into and I will eat it up and so will other people. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I like just the NPC part of the extensions of a lot of these that's being, components that's being added just because like Friday 13th was fun, but it relies yeah. on the fact that all eight people have to actually want to play the game. Yeah, and then you also run into lobby issues. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, moving from there on to basically kind of, because I kind of want to talk about the gameplay, kind of, you know, set all that up, because all this gameplay and all this success and everything kind of led to basically Doom's influence in general. Um, obviously, it increased PC gaming popularity, which, once again, it's not the first PC game ever. It wasn't even the first technical, you know, 3D shooter, but... At the time, it was the best, and it basically jump-started all PC gaming. <laughs> um, obviously, along with along with that came the first-person shooter genre that basically dominates the landscape today. Like, we get so many FPSs that are leaked every year, people don't even think about it anymore. Back then, this was a brand new thing. Like, what? What is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, it also led to community, like, as far as, like, PC modding, porting, speed runs slayer club as kate had mentioned earlier like all this stuff comes up from just doom alone except especially the pc modding in general because anybody that's played you've seen all the fun mods we've talked about we talked about them on half-life but uh well that started with doom again (laughs) um i also think it's crazy to think like i don't think that gaming would be where it's at without the modding culture that came from the first pc games like i and I say that as both, like, the creativity, but also, like, people training themselves to move into a game development space. Uh, like, when you actually stop and think about it, if that 
ease of like manipulation of content wasn't available, I think we would have a very different gaming sphere than what we have now. Probably. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that for sure. Like if it had just been like consoles and only consoles and PCs never developed to do any of these things, I think it would look very different. Yeah. So it definitely modding definitely gave the, I guess the gamers per se, an actual say and allowed them to be creative with their own games. Obviously, some things. I mean, there are some problems that come with modding, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the fact that, like, I mean, and you even saw it with, like, another Bethesda property, the Elder Scrolls games. Like, you have somebody who literally retextured the entirety of Morrowind so you could play it on a computer and make it look up to date. Yeah. Like, that's just cool things that you don't get to do otherwise. And I think that there's an entire generation of game developers who came from that space initially. Like, no, I mean, it's literally why I still play... I own Morrowind on the PC. I bought it, like, three years yeah. ago. But I still own my original Xbox copy because... Yeah. But I don't play it because it, their game mechanics in there kind of suck yeah. in some points that they're just not necessarily bad, but they're just bad. <laughs> Whereas I on also, the PC, I can el- eliminate, like, two or three... Just make two or three little mods into it, and I'm like, I can play this however long I want. Yeah. It's not even needing the textures or anything like, oh, well, the game just looks bad. Like, no, the game still looks great to me, but there are just a few mechanics. Basically, one thing is uh, people didn't realize Magicka didn't used to come back all the time. It only came back over time. And so when you know it ran out, realized? but mods are fan fiction. Oh. <laughs> that they are. That's all are it there is. Soft boys in doom. I mean, ruin... next question. You're gonna you can ruin put soft boys in doom. No, but that's what it is. It's like you how... could put soft boys in doom, like, mate, uh, Matt. Like fan fictions is what you do when you get something that doesn't go the way you want it, or you want it to be a little different. And when people mod and the gamers get a say in the game, they're usually adding things that make it different. Sometimes it's just hilarious, like playing Call of Duty as anime girls. And other times, it's actually inserting new things. But just like fan fiction, bad things happen. Like removing all women from games, which has happened in mods before. But... You're, you're ruining this for me. All right, I'm moving on, because you're ruining all modding right now for me. Um, not wrong. Anyways, uh, Doom Clones. We've mentioned it multiple times. We talked about it a little bit on Half-Life. But uh, basically, Doom Clone popped up and existed. As we once again, it said, it's not the first first-person shooter, but definitely defined first-person shooter. Uh, all for Basically, all FPSs were called Doom clones until about 1996-ish, kind of moving on. And then essentially it moved officially to first-person shooters in 1998, basically because of Half-Life. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what we get. Um, kind of some, a list of some of these games to, that are considered Doom clones or inspired by Doom. We have basically Marathon by Bungie, for those of you that listened to our live episode. <laughs> um, that's how we, Bungie said, we're going to do this before they came up with Halo. <laughs> um, uh, Heretic used the Doom engine, basically it used the Doom engine. Rise of Triad. Star Wars Dark Forces apparently is also considered a Doom clone. Duke Nukem. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, Duke yeah. Nukem 3D. And then the Alien Trilogy, or just to name a sound. There's still plenty out there, but yes. I used to think that Duke Nukem was this great original game, and then I went back and was like, oh no, this is just Doom, but with aliens instead of demons. Yes, yeah, but you then you get to chew bubblegum. 
Yeah. Oh, and also all the toilets worked. And it was, I had this weird, like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I can go and flush the toilet. And that was just a very weird thing for me that, yeah, I don't know. All I know is the worst game I've ever played is Duke Nukem Forever. That game is so (laughs) awful and so bad. I ended up speed running it because I needed to finish it. Because it was when I was at GameStop that you could rent copies. And that was like the worst playthrough of anything ever in my entire life. Um, And it just does not hold up. Versus Doom, I think, just works. So, yeah. I realized too late that Duke Nukem was just Doom. And then when Duke Nukem stopped being Doom and tried to do its own thing was what it was just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> But then we get to basically kind of what led to the first quote-unquote true 3D shooter, where basically they had polygons, and that was Quake. (laughs) Um, We kind of talked about the Quake engine and everything on Half-Life, and we talked about things, but essentially without Doom, we don't get Quake. And it's essentially multiplayer to the best, like Quake is renowned in a lot of ways, which is funny when we think about id software of like they may not own a lot of franchises but the ones they do they did very very well <laughs> um um essentially it's also quake is also responsible for the emergence of machinima that we kind of talked about with half-life in some way and as much as quake seems to be an afterthought in today's market quake was very revolutionary i just want to bring up i i played quake a little bit and whatever as we kind of mentioned on the other episode but like quake sadly between doom and then Half-Life and all these other games, Quake comes in and develops, like they said, the first true 3D shooter. You don't just have the 2D, like, you know, background stuff. You have essentially polygons and other stuff. And it just happens to get lost. Like, it's funny because we talked about the beginning QuakeCon to DoomCon. QuakeCon is named after Quake because everybody played multiplayer together. They still have giant championships of Quake. People just seem to forget. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even back when, because we were talking about like the uh, like the land parties and stuff. I mean, the first land party that I ever went to, they primarily played Counter Strike One Point Six because it's you know what probably like two thousand two two thousand one. But what they went back to, they still played Doom nineteen ninety three before they played Quake. Like they played more Doom than they did Quake, and even though Quake at that time is like the you know like you said like one of the biggest shooters, but they still played Doom for whatever reason, whether it was, like, nostalgia or just because they liked that game better as, like, a multiplayer-type thing. Yeah. yeah. A- Doom un- Doom underrated in this, like, Quake argument. Oh, no. Not even argument, but, like... No, it's just fascinating because, like I said, when it comes to, like, actual, like, true, like, multiplayer, because obviously we have, like, the single player you get from Doom a lot, and obviously that, that people didn't play the multiplayer, but when it comes to, like, multiplayer, especially at this time, and I guess we wanted to even go to esports in general, like, it's Quake. <laughs> Yeah. But it just yeah. seemed to so get forgotten you have, a lot. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? You have Doom, Quake, and then like Half-Life all, you know, improve the FPS genre. And then you get Halo. Yes. And then you, like, what do you have after that? Like, what's like the next big thing, think, like FPS shooters, think, or, like other than like Battle Royales, I guess, I, maybe? Said, but I mean, like, the only thing you could probably go, I guess, I mean, I don't even know if you count, like, because obviously Call of Duty took off eventually, but like, I don't know if it was because it was revolutionary versus it was just yeah. good. So, I don't know. But, yeah, like, so basically, Doom is revolutionary. Quake tends to be revolutionary. 
and then Half-Life becomes revolution. Now I just feel like I'm saying revolutionary the whole damn time, but it is funny because you had this 90s where it's just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough and pushing well, tech like after nothing tech. was developed at that point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just breakthrough because <laughs> it's developing in technology and everything else, so we're getting these breakthroughs, and so... But it is just crazy between, like, it owning three of those four, if you include Wolfenstein, which is the first. <laughs> so would the difference now not necessarily being breakthrough-wise, but, like, genre immersions? Because, like, you, you mentioned, like, Call of Duty, which, like, technically it wasn't revolutionary, but it was, like, the military shooter became, a like, a standard. So it was less, yeah. like, it, it revolutionized first-person shooters or technology, and more so, like, it defined what a military shooter was. I mean, that's fair. Like I said, I don't know what it goes into the development parts we get in the 2000s, obviously. Because I'm sure there are still improving tech and improving stuff, but, yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, outside, I mean, obviously graphics in general, as we've learned going through some of these older games of, wow, we really had some, uh, we had some low standards compared to taking the games of what we thought was beautiful, but... Lara um, Croft is still beautiful from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Her beautiful... Her and, and her polygons. <laughs> her hexagon head <laughs> and triangles. But no, it is, like I said, I don't... I, like I said, obviously I'm not a deaf, so I can't speak from that, but it is weird to see, like I said, from this point looking at this, as much as this is doom and doing everything else, this whole time frame is based on the fact of just growing an entire, like, technology in general yeah. of what we're doing with things. Yeah. And it just, it's just fascinating to see. Because, like I said, not that we aren't getting better games, per se, like our Call of Duty and stuff. Like, you can argue that, but, like, I just don't know how much we're pushing the bar anymore. Which we've talked about before in other technologies and stuff. Yeah. And, like, even scientists. It's not some, I mean, it's not that we're not pushing the bar, but, like, the gaps are not... We're not taking leaps anymore. You're taking maybe, like, steps. So there's still it being seems... improvements, but you just don't make me... A, uh, from a technical level, you could see it, or you know it, but from a other, like, outside perspective, you may not quite see it. It seems more mechanics-based now versus actual, like, engine-based. Because, like, I mean, the majority of people are still using the same engines. Like, we really haven't had any, like, great strides made in, in, in the engines that things are developed on a lot. I mean, it's the reason Epic was able to tell PUBG <sighs> to quit it. Like, we, we just don't have, like, the engine diversity or the engine push, but we what we are seeing now, we're seeing more, like, how people play with, like, level balancing and mechanics and that kind of piece but because i mean like an asymmetrical shooter is all mechanics that's the only thing that's really different um and it's the same thing when you look at like the new modern warfare that came out like that's just all mechanics based um it's still modern warfare but the way the story plays out like the way it uses like uh the way the narrative is impacted by like who you accidentally shoot and who you don't shoot and that kind of stuff like that's all mechanics based versus i don't know i guess we just don't have any great new engines but like what would be developed well i mean other than between... stuff on ar vr well between that doing uh, i mean obviously blah, blah. I mean, what could we actually develop? Because if you do already have a good engine in general, but trying to... Also, I think just cost and time. Like, a lot of the stuff is beginning, like you said, there's nothing else out there. Versus now, if you're going to spend, what, three years developing an engine? That's three years that, like, you're probably making no money. Yeah. Because what, and it's I... like... what The main engines are, what, like, Frost and Unreal? Unreal is basically... We could have an entire episode on the damn engine. We could have an entire 
episode on the Unreal Engine. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there'd be an improvement to the engine, but, I mean, I guess it's... I mean, we could probably go in and talk about this for days, just in general, of, like, we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel, but the problem we do have with a lot of stuff we have, and just in life in general, if we just don't want to actually... Not that we don't want to, but why would we... Tr- kind of like we talk about the steam engine and the gasoline engine. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. It's great technology for what it was, but all we've done on improving it, but overall we know it's terrible. Yeah. And But knowing no, between money and economics and everything else, no one's willing to break it down and come up with another engine yeah. for whatever I mean, reason. I'm just hoping because hardware has caught up on all fronts, I mean, except for Nintendo, but Nintendo doesn't really have to keep up with anybody. Yeah, Nintendo's getting your money no matter what. But like when you look at like the other two main consoles, like they're catching up and pushing towards PC and then the hardware respectively against each other is pretty much the same now. Like if you're not doing a hardware progression, then you're going to have to do something else. Which I know, like, we talk about cloud, but I would assume that, like, even, like, engine development has to take the forefront again and, like, make something different. At least in my opinion. Because you have to keep an upper edge on something. And that's, like, regardless of console platform, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I do think that these companies are going to have to start investing in something that is going to set them apart. And uh, engine development's the only thing that I could see that. Even just from a financial standpoint, because... As Epic showed, if you own the engine, you can you can do things. Well, instead of developing a new engine now, we're just going to fight over rights. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Would you rather go into a rights battle or develop a brand new engine? I mean, go into. Engine? I think we already are in a rights battle. I think we've been for a while. I'm talking about just from, well, we have been. But yeah, I'm just saying funny. from a company perspective, so that you don't have to do that with any new title that you're doing, you, you might as well just push forward and develop your own engine then you maintain all propriety pieces from it. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, you'd have to look at all the factors of stuff. Like, if I could pay 10 grand for some rights versus 10 mil for an engine, that I'm not yeah. sure it's going to work. Like, I, I also don't know work. as much about engines, so I don't know why I'm I said I don't it. either. I'm not <laughs> making my own engine and everything else, but it is something that, like... I'm not nearly know. smart enough to know the differences yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, was like, I know that there, there are differences, and there are improvements, for sure, and we see it in tons of different fields. The problem, like I said, from here is there's a difference between 1993 to 2005, versus yeah. there might not be as much of a difference from 2006 to 2020 even though the time frame probably the same or different you're just not getting and for all i know there could be the same differences but from an outside perspective of what we're playing i don't think we get the differences or at least be able to see them from a consumer perspective i don't know okay well moving on to our next but why though we've, we've kind of mentioned uh the doom slayer um originally called doom guy or doom marine mainly doom guy as I've mentioned before, he has had many names over the years, and more recently, Slayer. Um, Doomguy just sounds more adorable. I like it. What? Oh Doomguy. Oh, my God. Um, Space Marine, dressed in green combat armor, and no name for the most part. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've redressed him in different stuff, but his armor's always been green. Obviously, we just had the announcement of all the new skins they're going to add to Doom Eternal, which is going to be cool. Including a unicorn one. Yes. Which is Kate's so excited for. Great. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's just Doom Guy in armor with a unicorn like onesie on top of his armor. Yeah, it's gonna be so fun. (laughs) Um, in the first Doom, they uh, first Doom that he doesn't really speak really, and there's very little lore 
Um, in 2016, Doom 2016, it's unclear if it's the same person or not. It seems to be a different backstory, but it's some sort, but they're kind of the same stuff. Um, we don't know. The face has never really been revealed all the way. You only see bits and pieces like that jawline, maybe, or a few things, but we just never really seen, and there's not as much talking or anything. But apparently all this has been done on purpose, because when they were creating this, they wanted it to be you as the Slayer. Essentially, they wanted the immersion effect. Essentially, <laughs> you are the character, and essentially outside of the green armor, you can be whatever you'd want to be. <laughs> um, like I said, there's really no name. He's had a muddy backstory on purpose, and it's all supposed to represent you, the player. So it could be Buffy all right. or Isabel. It could. All right, I was... Uh, I'm wrong. This this Doomicorn is pretty baller. Right? Thank you. It's pretty baller looking. I'm not Thank lie. you. That was the best one out of all the ones I just watched. Yep. Definitely. It's good. It makes me happy. There's gonna be so many cosplays, and I'm I want to see them in real life. I can't wait for Quake It's gonna be so fun. Um. Obviously, like you said, as immersion part, which parts give? So, like I said, there. This is another reason why there's just no defined personality. Everything's vague, including face reveal. Yeah. You stop. Yeah, without Doom Guy, we don't get Master Chief. Yes. Which is kind of the same premise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. But very popular. Also, it was funny when I was writing this because all I kept thinking about was in Time Magazine that did that stupid ass thing. Like, who you know who the, the person mirror? of the year It's you. It's you for Time of the Year. And I was like, I hate you, Time Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if they would have given you like a unicorn mirror? Would that have made it better? Yes. You know, if they'd have said unicorn's the person of the year, I'd been okay. But don't tell me you. That's so stupid. You suck, <laughs> Time Magazine, for that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Obviously, we've talked about ripping, tearing, slaying, um, all this stuff, and obviously with first-person shooters and guns and everything else. You know that means violence, and so obviously we had some controversies. Um, basically because the high levels of graphic violence, which is still funny to think about, like, what we had back then considered graphic violence in that 2D, with your little 3D, 2D polygons type era versus what we get today, where I can watch I ripped somebody... out a spine when I played the demo. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It was dubbed a mass murder simulator by some critics. All oh, the lovely times of 1992 and 1993. 94 um obviously but are they wrong though i mean that's <laughs> you're mass murdering demons it's, it's, it's okay because they're demons and they're from hell if anything the fact yeah. that christian people were pissed off they were doing it for the wrong reasons yeah if anything <laughs> wolfenstein is like the worst is, is the worst version people. of that yeah you're killing actual people i'm just killing demons who don't exist um Obviously, because we talk about the demons and everything, the satanic imagery, it was definitely hated by all religious organizations. But we're killing them. Why would they be I mad? Isn't that what you want? My cousin, that what had, you want? my cousin had a Doom shirt that had the the symbol on it, like the the hell symbol or whatever, and his mom threw it away, and he got in a lot of trouble because <laughs> he bought the devil yeah. into the house. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, killing the devil, so I'm saying, mom. I've understood about some of these games. Like some of the other ones, like fine, but like you're actually Dungeons going and out. Dragons, to... you're totally channeling Satan and doing magic. Yeah, for this sure. you're killing them. 
If anything, yeah, yeah you're you can actually befriend the demons in D and D, but in this one, you have to kill them. There's <laughs> there's no friendly option. They're coming from hell to co- take over Earth. I thought the whole purpose of the thing was to stop that and to keep them in hell, but apparently not. <laughs> if anything, I'm doing Doom, my part. Doom is the best Christian game because you're just trying <laughs> to, to save God's world. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't turn the other cheek enough times, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doom for the Genesis of 3DX, which has got this console and whatever existed, uh, was one of the first video games to be given an M rating. It wasn't the first game, as it definitely didn't start <laughs> the rating debate, which is kind of Mortal Kombat that everybody knows. The rating but, uh, creation, which is what Mortal Kombat did. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of funny because overall, this game is super popular. It does it. You know, it's super violent. There's a lot of whatever satanic imagery or whatever the hell you want to call that. But it wasn't necessarily at the forefront of all these conversations. Like, when we talk about this stuff, you have Mortal Kombat, which starts the whole rating. Even Duke Nukem comes up way more than Doom. But it's funny because it is in all the conversations. But essentially, if it goes top 10 controversial games, it sits there between that 6 and 10 range in all of them. It's not 1 through 5. Maybe it slips into a 5, maybe 4, but it just doesn't hold the top echelon of like most controversial games despite being probably the most popular out of all of them. yeah well and i think duke nukem sits up there because duke nukem was most sec like it was violence but there was also a lot of like sex and stuff like that yeah well i mean i get why duke nukem and everything but boobies. what i'm saying boobies are worse than ripping off somebody's head did you not yeah, know he duke nukem was gonna rip off your head and then poop down it that was one of his lines yeah <laughs> With a more colorful version of poop. <laughs> but, like, I will say, like, there is something, and, and I think it's something that doesn't get appreciated enough, but I think it's starting to get appreciated now, or, you know, just in certain circles. But, like, the kill mechanics in, in Doom have gotten progressively better. Like, yes. now in Doom Eternal, the kills are reactionary to how you, which button you're pressing when you do the kill, the way that your stick is, uh, the way that the joystick is pointing up, left, right, down. Uh, that will impact your kill and so you have this uh, procedurally generated kill like kill visuals for the new Doom Eternal which is going to be really fun and just was just fun for the 30 minutes that I played Um, but like I don't think that that's going to have the same reaction that it did in, in the 90s anymore because it's just kind of like it's a video game Yeah, it's, and it's in the just... 90s it was infiltrating our morality it's just fascinating to see, because like I said, I've seen the old game and what it looks like. I see what we have today. Yep. Uh, those 2Ds, uh, floating blobs yeah. of red, like, ah, like that's... Well, and I think, I think the other thing that's really interesting, too, is, like, I, I, I do commend Doom in the same way that, like, Mortal Kombat has become its fatalities. Doom has become its kills, and they've done it especially like with uh with doom eternal like that you have to kill people or kill kill demons different ways in order to get the right kind of ammo that you need um and it's just i don't know i feel like they've kind of really leaned in but i also feel like kind of like you said like they're not like i don't remember doom being too controversial other than the one time my aunt was very very set that my cousin brought the devil into the house with his with his doom shirt <laughs> but i did get told i wasn't ever going to be allowed to play duke nukem like that was that was my banned game 
once my mom heard one of his lines. So when I would go to my cousins, I wasn't allowed to watch him play it. But then he put on Doom instead. And then, like, Mortal Kombat was another one where, like, my cousin always did the friendship ending for kids when he would do a fatality. Um, but, like, I don't know. Doom's controversial, but I feel like it's very different. Um, so I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's it's obviously a lot of violence, a lot of stuff. We're used to it now. Maybe we're all desensitized to the pixelated polygons being destroyed. Um, who knows? But that's about all I have outside of some fun facts. Anybody want anything for some fun? Have anything to say for some fun facts? I just love Doom, and it's fun, and I can't wait for Doom Eternal. That's my final thought. I just want the damn game. Okay. Uh, I can't wait to kill Kate in that battle mode. <laughs> <laughs> or team up with Kate to kill Matt in that battle mode. <laughs> Um, some fun facts. Um, John Romero has stated uh, he was the original model for the cover art, uh, cover box art. So if you want to guess what he looks like, that's what who it is. <laughs> um, Romero, excuse me. Um, the title was originally called Green and Pissed. What? <laughs> oh, it gets, God. It, it gets better. It was changed to Doom based on the Tom Cruise quote from Color of the Money, or the, the Color of Money. Where basically they say, what do you have in the case? And Tom Cruise goes, doom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everything you love goes back to Tom Cruise, Matt. That's all I'm learning. You can thank Star Wars for, for Tom Cruise. From Tom Cruise with J.J. Abrams and everything. Um, the Doom Bible does exist. It's like 79 pages long. It has so much information, including all the game designs, characters, backstories, episodes, control panel, etc., etc., and basically, most of it never actually made into the game. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Like the uh, Sonic so. Bible with 20 different stories of where Sonic could have come from. Yeah. Um, like I said, they kind of put all these backstories in wars, and they said, no, it is you, the Slayer. <laughs> There's no name. Um, a not so much fun fact, but basically, the soundtrack and um, music obviously was inspired by a lot of such a metal band, uh, inspired. By metal bands such as Slayer, Megadeth, um, and it's also been composed by Bobby, Bobby Prince and kept the tradition today going by Mick Gordon. So obviously, if you listen to Doom soundtrack, essentially you just listen to like instrumental type versions of composed music inspired by every metal band from the late 80s and early 90s. The fun fact of the fun fact is that Matt is literally one of Mick Gordon's biggest fans on Spotify. Like, Spotify quantified it, and Matt is in, like, the top range of people who have listened to Mick Gordon on sound uh, Spotify. He's got a lot of good music. Which, that was, <laughs> that was the best part of QuakeCon, was they were playing nonstop the Doom soundtrack. It was so good. Yes. I mean, they've just released a video of how they made the new Doom soundtrack, and it looks awesome, and it sounds great. Um, obviously, along with this, plenty of bands over the years have done tribute to Doom in their songs, which is not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doom, <laughs> fun fact, Doom was banned in Germany due to the swastika as homage to Wolfenstein 3D. It was later removed so they could play it in Germany. Apparently they had a swastika on one of the things that basically is a homage to Wolfenstein. And Germany said, how dare you? We're banning this. Yeah, they don't... 
Germany doesn't, <laughs> for obvious reasons, <laughs> Germany has very strict laws against the displaying of any of that stuff. Um, yeah. I think it was part of like a something doing hell part and whatever else. Um, yeah. Obviously, the sound effects from Doom can be found all over pop culture, from Friends to Doctor Who. What? <laughs> give me a hey. give me a Doom sound effect, Matt. Gosh, damn it. Um, you know, I had all this when I did this notes like a month ago. Yeah. So essentially, like I said, basically a lot of the sound effects, basically you hear especially the elevator noises and some random other like stuff put together is definitely found in a lot of like um, basically movies and other types of stuff. All the doors effects and everything else. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to see. Just do your final fun fact. I don't know. I was reading. I'm making sure to think. But anyways, um, so yeah, a lot of the sound effects we hear in a lot of other things, it's definitely found all over the place came from Doom. And then, obviously, the most funnest of fun facts, which I found fascinating, was it was so popular that two university networks were crashed due to the excessive, due to the excess <laughs> amount of bandwidth, essentially, or whatever, um, playing Doom in 1993. They well, had now to... It all makes sense as to why I wasn't allowed to connect to the internet from my console in college. Yeah, so essentially, back in the day, uh, universities ran off these giant networks, which they still do, and so many people played Doom, and you, as we've mentioned earlier, you did through networking and everything, and they played them in the dorms, and they essentially crashed their entire one kilobyte internet. That's funny. <laughs> Tell me, man. Those LAN parties were popping. Yes, they were. Um, but no, that is basically all the fun facts I had. Uh, obviously, anybody else have any other final thoughts or anything before we get out of here? I'm just very excited. That's it. That's my fun fact. Give me Doom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything other. I mean, we've covered a lot yeah. of video games over the last couple of months, and it all kind of starts, not like all starts with, but like, we wouldn't have the stuff we have in Halo, Half-Life, Counter-Strike, any of that stuff without Doom kind of laying that groundwork as one of like the first influential FPSs. So regardless of it has 17 games that are just reboots of each other, <laughs> uh, I think Doom Eternal will be like that turnaround point that hopefully we'll get another reboot of it in v full VR mode in 2030. Oh, I don't want VR mode. But sure. <laughs> no, obviously, it's been fascinating doing this. Like we kind of mentioned the last one, Doom kind of stood up so Quake could walk, so Half-Life could run, so Halo could grab a bike. <laughs> Jump on a warthog. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it's been, um, obviously, like I said, I've played it before. I'm excited for the new one. I've played it multiple times. I like what they're doing. Um, I'm interested to see all what they're going to do. I still can't play some of the older ones. I'm sorry. They're just... They were fun in the 90s, but sometimes you grow up, and um, now you have Doom Eternal, and the 1993 nostalgia bite just doesn't do it for me. It's um, okay. Tomb Raider is one of my favorite games ever, the original one, and I bought the emulator on Steam. It was my first Steam purchase ever. I played for five minutes, and I was like, I'm going to keep this in my memories. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Um, so that's about all I have. Um Kate, take us away. Yeah, so if you want to support us a little more, head on over to patreon.com slash whatwhiteopc. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, let us know what you thought about Doom. Let us know if you're excited. Hit us up on at whatwhiteopc on all of our social media, although we're most active on Twitter. 
And then you can go ahead and follow me at OMFRandier on Twitter, where I will probably be taking pictures of my doom guy in his unicorn suit. Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-S-E-93. Matt? I'm going to hell. <laughs> <laughs>